Well, hello everybody and welcome back to Helicarrier's Agent Carter podcast. Uh, this is your podcast that covers Marvel's Age of S.H.I.E.L.D., Marvel's Agent Carter, and the whole MCU in general. I'm one of your hosts, Andy B. as always, and with me are my co-hosts, Dan Schmidt and Nikki Amy. Hello. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm talking through the window right now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> snap. Okay, so, yeah, the reason he's sounding like that he's sitting far away is because his headset, just before we started recording, um, his, uh, it died. So now he's using his other microphone. So today, sadly, it's going to sound like he's sitting from far away. But as long as we have him on the show, that's the important matter. But tr- trust me, next week, it'll be fine. So just be patient. <laughs> Gonna start yelling out the window. Yeah, you're not gonna do that, Dan. That's my thing. I have have copyright on that. You can yell yell for me. (laughs) Yeah, I. Sure. Okay. So, and also, guys, sorry for the the delay of this episode. We usually record and release on Wednesdays. This week, however, you know, I had a very personal incident happen to me. Then yesterday so we couldn't record but uh, we're you know we're here now and we're here to talk about this week's episode of uh, agent carter but before we do that we do want to talk about a specific trailer that came out just you know a little while ago and uh, it's for an upcoming marvel netflix series and you may have heard of it it's called marvel's freaking daredevil so we're gonna get into this trailer if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled spoiled then Go watch a trailer and then come back and listen to this discussion because we are going to go full spoiler mode. So you've been warned. So this trailer, it's not it's uh, one minute and 31 seconds and it's uh, giving us a good look into what we can expect from these 13 episodes. And it's yeah, we hear we hear Charlie Cox um, do, a, you know, um, do his monologue a lot through the trailer and you know talk about you know who he is and like what he's going through and so he's talking to a priest and that he's set, that he's that he's um, committed sins and uh, and we get, you know we get a quick glimpse on pretty much every character um i'm just going to start by saying that it's it's a phenomenal trailer i was the only nitpick i have is that i really wanted to see more of Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin we all we really see is we see him from the back in a black suit as opposed to a white suit which is you know that's fine um, and uh, and then we see later in the trailer we see him like coming like it's kind of like, the camera is faded but like if you look from um, Matt Murdock's perspective like he's coming his, his way I think that's the first time they may actually beat each other and like he like when he looks faded out it kind of looks like he's like he's the big giant but um um, so yeah, I just really, really want to see more of um, of him as Kingpin. But you know what? You know we're, we're only two months away, so from you know the the release of season one on Netflix. So, but the, no, I like the tone of the whole thing. It it does feel a lot like I saw a lot of comparison to that. It's kind of like Marvel's Arrow in terms of tone and all that. That's kind of what it is. But you know what? That's that's there's nothing wrong with that. And I kind of like that we're finally getting something more darker and more mature and not as cheerful and colorful as the movies are in the MCU so uh, I like this um, but uh, but Dan what did you think about the trailer it's a lot darker than anything we see from the Marvel Universe so far the cinematic universe guy was uh, just amazed at how dark it was can you write it yeah, I really like the maturity of it I don't know how well it's going to look trying to fit in with, you know, the movies and whatnot if they want Daredevil to have a cameo or appear 
down the road, but I'm assuming that as far as the other superhero shows that are going to tie into this go got Netflix, I think they're already having that same dark, gritty feel, don't you think? No, I agree with that, and I and I I feel whenever we do whenever we do get to see him in the in the movies because I I still think that all of all of the heroes from television and like any character from TV will be in Infinity Wars, but I do think that it is how should I say it? Um, I do think that it they can make it work. I think they can ma- definitely make it fit in with the, the MCU. That's why that's why I think that when we see him in the movies, he will be wearing his classic costume to kind of blend in and so on. now. We may not hear any cursing. And, you know, look, he can still be dark, and but you know, without cursing and all that, and still fit in with this family tone, I guess. Um, maybe I don't know. Like, if he does show up in the movies, he's probably just going to have a supporting role. Now, he's not going to be like a big character because if he does that, then they're going to have to change the rating of that whole film altogether, and I don't think that's what Disney wants to do. But uh, no, but I like what you're saying. As a superhero show, it does work. And it's definitely one of the darkest things we've seen of the MCU because up until this point, I think the winner finale of Shield was actually the darkest thing we've ever seen come out out of the MCU. Yeah, I agree with that. I would think the the Hulk movie, the the Hulk movie, the Incredible Hulk would be pretty. It, that's up there for darkness too. Yeah, but not as high up on the list as right. I would um, as I would right. put it. Well, with with Daredevil as a fan of. The certain runs of the comic, Daredevil is an is a dark comic. I mean, yeah, Matt has you know kind of a biting sense of humor sometimes, but it is a very dark comic. I mean, I remember some runs where they had AIDS storylines and so much death going on. Um, so I think it matches the tone of the comic very well, and Daredevil has fit in to other comics and other heroes comics well in at least in you know in the comic world so i think it you know if they change his costume that's fine you know that's fine i i kind of miss the red but um i think i think they'll be able to work it in with everything else i think it'll work it just i i i kind of expected it to be as dark as it was and i was i was really glad to see that because daredevil and matt murdock are you know, it is a darker world for him. I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with his, you know, it's a metaphor for his blindness and for the crime that engulfs his city and why he has to become Daredevil. But um, I think it um, it was pretty it was pretty much exactly what I hoped for. Yeah, I uh, I like I, I agree with what you're saying. And it's I, I spoke to my big sister last night when she had seen the trailer and she was. I, I never like I, she does get jazzed up about all of these films and TV shows, but but yeah, it this was you know, this was a, a new experience for me to hear her, her talk about this because you know she's not into the comic book, she's not really you know a big comics person, but you know she does you know she's starting to read a, a few of them, but it was still kind of fun to see how she reacted to it, and um, but overall it's I. It, it kind of gives you a good idea of that this is going to be very. I think it's going to be pretty procedural if, if I'm if I'm going to be completely honest. And you know, we see, like I said, we we see all of the characters. We see them. You know, we quick shots at least. You know, we see Night Nurse. We see Kingpin. I think we would see Vanessa and you know, Foggy Nelson and mm. um, uh, Deborah and Wolf's character. What's her name? 
something. I I'm, I'm blanking. I'm sorry, but yeah, but it's like you you get to see pretty much everyone quickly and like I like what kind of world they're living in, and it's um yeah, the costume you know. Yeah, it moves fine. I, I like that there are at least a little bit of red on the suit. There are some red streaks uh, going from mm-hmm. his shoulders down down his arms. But yeah, of course, I'm looking forward to see the actual Daredevil costume. Right. Like, I, you know, even though this is based on Frank Miller's run on right. Daredevil, I, I just prefer the original one. And I think that. Um, but overall, I'm excited about the show. Uh, we will talk about it uh, in some capacity. Uh, I'm sure ATA will do that too. Uh, I'm sure. I, I think we would probably just do like one, a one or two episode about the, the first season of Daredevil because we, we're not gonna do one episode per per week. You know, I, because look, I don't think a lot of people will be interested. Like maybe it works as reviews on a website or what. Maybe it works for other podcasts. But we, I don't think we are gonna do episode by episode by episode we're just going to do like a you know maybe a two-hour roundtable discussion per you know for those two episodes and that's it i think because um, and that's not uh, that's not to say that we're not excited about the show that we don't care about the show that much but it's just like the problem is that when you release a whole season on netflix are people really going to be that interested in you know tuning in every week you know and, so, and you know we could use that space on our hosting servers for other things so but uh Barbara, is there anything that you guys want to point out specifically about this trailer that you saw that you were like, "Oh my god, I love this," or like something that you want to discuss before we move on to the next um, to the next That's agenda? True. I'd say that it's. I think he's going to evolve. Get the yeah. That's more traditional than Daryl. Yeah. And it's I, not like what they did with Oliver Queen, got an arrow on his costume to evolve into sharpness. Again, this is a little bit more so. They're not arrow, but uh, same, same premise applies. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say something similar with the costume. Is like, I think, in the beginning, it makes more sense for his costume to be this particular costume because he's just starting, and you don't expect him to already have the Daredevil costume. And this is a little more, you know, kind of slapdash, so to speak, but still pretty cool looking. He he kind of has a Dread Pirate Roberts thing going on which I dig um, but it makes more sense for him to have a costume like this rather than the full on uh, daredevil suit that we all know because you know who who made that for him you know who how are we going to get that and one of the things that one of the many things wrong with the daredevil movie well, I, I, I still like that movie a lot but the bow roll we're, we're happy with the trailer and I'm um, yeah. I'm. Uh, I think we're looking forward to see what uh, what else we will see. I'm hoping to get some still photos of the cast, because I you know I just I really like Ping, 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 you know, Penguin. I mean Kingpin. I love Kingpin a lot as a character, and I like his physique. So I kind of want to see what he looks like. Uh, I don't know if he's put on that much weight, but he looks like he looks big. And I do hope at some point we do get to see him in the the white suit and you know the cane and all that. Maybe that's like the build up to. Like how they did on Smallville, you know, in the series finale, he will put on the white suit and fly out, fly away. Okay, maybe not fly, right. but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think with Kingpin and D'Onofrio, who is, a, I just think is such an, an amazing actor, he's a good choice. D'Onofrio can put on weight for a role like nothing, like it's nothing. Um, he's been, he's kind of like Orson Welles in some ways, and that he very easily puts on weight, but he also, unlike Orson Welles, takes it off at the end of the day. So, um, I, I, I agree with you. I love the character of Kingpin. Um, I, 
in my heart, until I see D'Onofrio perform, even though I'm a fan, in my heart, Kingpin will always be Michael Clark Duncan because he was yeah, the best part of that too. movie. And that voice, and there was something about that man just in everything he did. So I hope that in some way, maybe he gets some acknowledgement for kind of a role that was overlooked. I think when the because everybody was complaining so much about the movie and as a whole, he and Colin Farrell got really the only good reviews. But um, I think it was it was a great role for him, and it makes me miss him, and I'm gonna start crying because. Well, that's why we should move into something more shareable yeah. talk about this week's <laughs> episode you. of uh, Adrian Carr. But yeah, Daredevil's uh, coming out on Netflix uh, season one um, on April 10th. Yeah. So and I think recording because everybody's gonna binge watch it. Nobody's gonna wait a week between episodes. <laughs> well, depending um, on, on uh, it depends on someone's you know on each everyone's schedule. Right. So, but so I think I know what I will be doing that weekend because it's it's perfect. It's coming out on a Friday, so I don't have to be like. But tomorrow <laughs> I have to get up and do my work and stuff. Like no, I can just binge watch from, you know, Friday night till Sunday morning if I want to. Right. But. Um, <laughs> Take a break for Agents of Shield, because it all maps out well. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, let's talk about uh, this week's episode of Agent Carter called The Iron Ceiling, and it's a very you know it's a very good episode, very straightforward, and it's it does kind of it has three specific plots. We do see the return of um, the Howling Commandos with Dum Dum Dugan, and then you know the, the, those three new characters, uh, um, Juniper, um. Pinky and Happy Sam Sawyer. <laughs> I love all their names. It's just hilarious. Like, um, but uh, but uh, but Dan, what did you think about what did you think about um, the Howling Commandos? Because about the time we got some men on this show that weren't chauvinistic, yeah, that was that was a big thing. I really enjoyed it. And the Howling Commandos. I mean, yes, there were some new characters that we hadn't seen before. But it felt like they were always there. And the camaraderie between Gollum and Peggy was absolutely outstanding. And I just love seeing the respect they have for her. That really turned around Gage Thompson, who I know we'll get more into in a minute. But a lot of that was big stuff. And again, a lot of people have been complaining since the, the journalistic stuff has kind of, you know, put Peggy Carter down with that we haven't seen that character that we really enjoyed for the Captain America movies. Because I thought we got the chance to see that. But also they explained the change I thought very well when they had it was something do good. And uh, Peggy had a conversation about how she used to be fun. So I got that there were some changes and the idea that the world had changed as well. Because that's where some of that stuff was coming from. So I thought they handled it very, very well and kind of off deal with Donna. I mean, whenever he's on screen, especially this role, I, just, I, I love it. It's great. So that really made my day. And this episode felt like it actually went somewhere. Come like last week. I mean, last week's episode was kind of a, it was kind of like, well, what do we ca- accomplish here? And this, I think, accomplished a lot in terms mm-hmm. of very progression. Nikki? Um, I agree totally with Dan. I think this episode had uh, momentum. Whereas I think last week's episode worked really well and was a great episode, but it was more of an exposition 
episode, whereas we're getting information at, rather than a lot of action. We got a little bit of action here and there, and it kind of moved Peggy's internal struggle along. But yeah, it was a more static episode. This episode, I think the Howling Commandos were, you know, we needed to have a bunch of macho tough guys who actually, you know, are tough guys and great soldiers and who appreciate Peggy and don't see her almost, they don't see her as a woman in that sense. They don't think that she's weak. They know what she's capable of. And I think she needed that as a character, like her character needed that boost to know that she was valuable because I think that what's happening at work is kind of taking a toll on her. That's why the the iron ceiling is kind of a, a brilliant title is because she's not hitting a glass ceiling trying to progress at work. She's hitting an iron ceiling. There is no movement in her career because of the inherent sexism. Um, so I think having, and having Thompson, the worst one of all, be able to see how well she is respected and how capable, more than capable she is in a, in a firefight and leading, <clears throat> and leading a team, I think it was really important for him to see it, even if he doesn't, like really acknowledge it as I saw her do this and oh my god you you guys we are totally wrong about her that's not going to happen uh, he's not going to convince anyone that she's anything but the woman who takes the lunch order even though she is a highly qualified agent who's a code breaker and who has skills and I think the Howling Commandos were a great way to show that plus we get to see the Howling Commandos again which is awesome and I think think you're right is that they did feel like the new guys did feel like they'd been a part of it there was a great chemistry between all of them and I love the fact that uh, Dum Dum Dugan is like kind of looks at Thompson and goes what's with this douchebag kind of thing well I think he's been I, I think he's probably been listening to um, the Helicare podcast to kind of get some opinions. Like he's been traveling to, like maybe or maybe you know maybe there is, iTunes does exist on the on the, in the in the old in the olden age. And he's just like yeah, he's like, what is up with this kid and his obsession with mustaches? I'm like, uh, oh my god, maybe if it's I coming through that typewriter, that's you know what I am the guy who's um, you know invi- invisible. Start. I'm writing on the <laughs> on the, the typewriter but no i i agree with all of you guys um i agree that they had the, the howling commander they really felt like they've been working for a while and that it's been a lot it's been a while since you know we saw them in the mcu overall and that they've been you know that they've been still operating and working together and all that so i no i like them i think that i wish that some of those actors had been able to say more things you know juniper he's you know he was probably the one that said i don't know like did pinky actually talk yeah he had a couple lines but he he was more the silent type yeah, yeah. and uh, and I, I thought happy sam zoy was going to be a little more quiet than um than you know the other character because he's so because in the in the comic book he is super serious and all those things, so I well he did I, get shot. Yeah, I well ju- well that was Juniper. Juniper got no happy got um Sam got shot in the leg. All right, okay. Well, still I was hoping for more talk, but anyway, I uh, I you know 
Dum Dum is my favorite. He always will be my favorite because I think you know they're they like he's 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 kind of like their triplet in a way. That kind of dare to say. Nikki, he's yeah, Nikki. Uh, okay, so we're gonna we, you know we we'll, we will we will be right back after Nikki has um, had her cry and then. Okay, we I'm okay. I'm okay. You just had to. Yeah. yeah, no, but I I enjoyed them. I I know I think the producers producers of the show have said that we will be seeing a lot of Dum Dum. Apparently, maybe we will see him in upcoming. Well, there's only three episodes left, so I'm I think he's in the finale for sure. I think that uh, those two those two other characters will be back. Um, I I was I actually I had a huge feeling that Juniper actually was gonna get killed off because in the comic book he's known as you know, not only the youngest Howling Commander, but also um, his death had a very significant effect in um, when the, they wrote the Nick Fury and, and his um, Howling Commanders and stuff like that. I read an interview where it was like a big deal during that time, but uh, so I, I was not surprised to see him get killed off so soon. I, I, and um, so, yeah, and Pinky, I, I'm hoping to see more Pinky and more Sam, and um, you know, dep- depending on if the show comes back for a second season i hope to see them in a more recurring capacity and um i and i'm sure i'm sure sh- i'm sure that can happen but uh, i agree no, no, gone because i totally agree with you on that one yeah we'll see them again Come, especially if there's a season two right? i we don't we don't know anything about like the, Paul Lee said there are, you know, the sh- um, the chances are strong, but at the same time, I kind of feel that, you know, they a lot of people will say that about their shows, and like, I think I don't think Agent Carter had like, I, it's surprising why why the numbers are going down, but you know what? Maybe for Marvel shows, they need, you know, they're relying more on the the DVR numbers and stuff like that. I I I think Agent Carter will be back for a second season. I don't think there's a question in that, but it's um. It, it, I, it depends on what they're gonna do and stuff like that, and they they really should should do what they did in this episode because this is one of my favorite episodes where they actually use a lot of new characters from the comic books that we haven't seen, and they're using an aspect of the MCU that was kind of a big deal in Captain America: The First Avengers. So I'm hoping that they will utilize the, those p- things a lot more. Like Shield is doing that, bring, you know, with the inclusion of Mockingbird and Daisy Johnson and all those things. But um, the one thing that surprised me about this whole episode, and I think. A lot of small fans that were watching this episode were probably surprised too mm-hmm. that John freaking Glover showed up out of nowhere. And I was like, look, here's the thing that man can literally do anything. Like, he is, even if he's playing a villain, you're gonna, you're gonna fall for him, you're gonna love it, and you're not gonna give him up. He, it was, even though it was just one and it was a very long scene, I was happy to see him and just, but, and I'm like, Marvel, this is John Glover. You don't like. First of all, he was not in in the synopsis for the cast list. Secondly, they didn't even announce that he was going to be in this episode. I'm like, look, you if you get if you get John Glover for even just one scene, you're gonna make you're gonna make an announcement about it. you're gonna send you, you know you're gonna have TV Guide or TV Line or and then Weekly or something like that, um, go out and you know and make it like you know re- release the news that John Glover will be in episode in an episode of Agent Carter. So shame on you, Marvel. Once again, you don't know how to market your things for TV, but. Um, Andy Marvel is too proud to admit that Smallville's John Glover is going to appear on Agent Carter. But it's yeah, I, I guess. But he's been he's he is a very well known actor. He's done far more than just Smallville, and I didn't even you know I didn't watch Smallville, so I was like, oh good, it's John Glover. 
and then my friend Leah was like, I saw that conversation. Nobody, to nobody told me that Lionel Luther. I was like, um, Lionel who? Who? I was like, I, I know who Lionel Luther is from the comics, but I was like, as I'm not, a, as she calls it, a Crackville fan. Uh, I never watched, I watched two episodes. That was because of James Marsters. Um, and I was like, okay, now I get it. But the guy is, he's a character actor who's been around for so long and he's just so good. I was really happy to see him. And I think when you have someone of that caliber who is known to many a fandom, it's kind of a nice surprise and I can understand why they didn't, you know, say anything. He's, he's a great guy. He shows up at my friend, my friend does the Superman celebration every year at Metropolis and uh, he, he shows up there every, every time. So that was, uh, it, was, it was still nice to see him, though. In it was. It was. It was like a nice little. Oh my God! It's him, kind of thing. And he had a lot. You know, he had a lot of information to give us. So, and he's the he's the actor who who could do it and pull it off, without making it seem tedious. Because sometimes exposition is tedious. It is, but um, but one thing I want to talk about is that, and I was I was surprised to see how well they did this because look. We've been pretty open about the fact that we don't like we you know we were never big fans of Jack Thompson. Um, I think Chad Michael Murray is doing a great job you know acting you know with his acting because he's really good at playing douchebags and really mm -hmm. strong douchebags. But but he's he's also good at playing nice characters too. I've seen him play nice characters, but I'm shocked that I was able to care you know that I he actually you know that there was this depth to him because I really thought that all you know almost all the men on the show would be well pigs but we cannot now understand why he is the way he is and like that he's kind of like he's kind of he's kind of not happy with himself anyway so right but but yeah. it's it it's not why he's a sexist pig it's he's a sexist pig because it's the time that during because it's that era where men didn't think highly of women and didn't think they were capable and i think there was a lot of them felt threatened because the women were doing their jobs while they were fighting in the war and they came back and the women had done a really good job building airplanes and uh and other such things because there were no the you know they needed the men to fight um i think he plays a great douchebag i i liked seeing more of his character that there are, there are more facets to him than just arrogant, uh, sexist douchebag. Um, I don't think it's going to be a long-term change. I don't think he's going to be able to convince anybody. And I think at work he might still be a little jerky to Peggy, but it was a nice step forward for him and to, to know a little bit more about him and the conflict that he's been going through. But, um, I, and it was kind of a, a brave thing to tell the person who has the most resentment to you, for you, your biggest secret. Well, the, the other thing about this was I thought, you know, he was always intimidated by people that actually did something in the war. Right. And I think he... Susa, who we know, you know, sacrificed a lot of the war. Because, of course, Peggy was, you know, coming out Captain America. I mean, much more of a part he played in the war. That so that was just some uh, you know a really big factor in why he is the way he is along with the time I think you're right, right. as well. Okay, really, it's ironic that his name is Agent Thompson because they kind of uh, I thought did sort of uh, 
Flash Thompson situation <laughs> with them. Because yeah. in our, those early issues, you would hate Flash Thompson. I mean, you wanted something really bad to happen to the guy because he's such a douchebag to Peter Parker. Yeah. And as the story goes on, can we find out there's a lot more to the guy that we do and actually deep down he is a pretty good person. Can yeah. I think kind of where they're going with Thompson, even though we had a really rough start with him, he still also has a lot more to go yeah, I totally agree with you, Dan. And I think that, you know, one thing Marvel does with its, you know, bad guys or its villains is they make them more complex and therefore more relatable. So you're more intrigued by them and you're more um, uh, invested in them. And I think with him, I think showing that he was vulnerable and showing that he saw everything Peggy did and there was no denying this woman is far better at what she does than he is. Even though it's like something he didn't want to admit. I think um, he saw her in this very more realistic light of who she actually is. She's not just the girl answering phones and who, he, you know, he kind of accused of just like resting on her laurels as having worked with Captain America. He kind of, I know, I think he kind of feels like she's, that's the only reason she's still there is because she knew Cap. Uh, and everything else kind of got dismissed. I don't think he's going to be able to be dismissive of her anymore. And that's a bonus. And that's, that's a really good step for that character. And I think even Dooley, uh, even though he reluctantly told her she did a good job, I think he might be seeing her a little bit more, uh, a little more broad uh, perspective rather than she's the woman. He's now seeing how capable she, that she is. There are many parts that make up the whole Peggy. Yeah, I, um, no, I, I just feel like that there's now more I can, I can, I can feel about his character and so, and I like that there's a scene at the very end where he actually, like you were talking about that maybe at the work he's not going to, he's still going to be a douchebag, like whenever he's, pri when he's alone with Peggy, he might be nice to her, but mm -hmm. we saw it right away that like when they were going out for a beer, he, right. like, he, op like, he openly, you know, like he was like, hey Peggy, are you coming with us? Like he, like, he did not like go yeah. up to her and just ask her privately, you'd be like, you know, hey, if you don't say anything, you know, you can't right. with us. Like, no, no. he was open. Does mm -hmm. respect Peggy, and I feel like it's, and it it, it was just make the, look because we we get that that period was not a great. It was the most disgusting time in you know for women because they were treated like crap. But it's sometimes good to actually have a few characters that are actually you know because not every man in that society. And like this is not me trying to defend the male sex or whatnot. I you know look I will say you know openly that I think that men can be douchebags even in this in this time period but it was just it's just nice to see a little bit finally see one of these these main characters aside from Sousa and um and Jarvis actually treat her like a human being and I think like even even Dooley gave her some good props so I'm maybe you know you can actually start to like some of these male characters as well um eventually depending on what they do in future episodes and future seasons and stuff like that no, I, I I think what I said was uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen overnight. Basically, I mean, it's asking her to go out for a drink, calling her Carter instead of Marge. Uh, it's all good. I think he's evolving. Um, I don't think it's going to be he's going to become a feminist overnight, though. I think it's gonna take time, and 
he's still a lot of guys feel like they have to, you know, put on a show for the for the fellas. And plus you have Sousa who's who's a good guy and not it doesn't think the way that they do, so um Yeah, and well I think some of that stuff because if he's you know, the him still be kind of showing this if it's gonna come up next week. Yeah, it's not especially once they figure out what Peggy's doing or if they do figure it out, I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, it's not gonna happen overnight, but it's a good step forward. But um, but but let's talk about something else that happened in this episode. And that was that we started to l- learn more about the precursor to the Black Widow program with Dottie. And, um, well, she... Actually, that didn't give us any answer whatsoever. All she did was she would... You know, once she got uh, Peggy's keys to her apartment, she just took, her, took, you know, took a photo of uh, a Stark Industries box or whatnot. And, yeah, then she left. And, like, she put something on, on Peggy's door and whatnot and just yeah well, i don't know it's she sneaks into peggy's room peggy being a you know a secret agent uh she's always going to be more security conscious that little string placed on the lock just show just uh just so will show peggy that if anybody if anybody got into her apartment if because it will have fallen on the ground and it wouldn't have fallen unless somebody had accessed her apartment um, I thought it was kind of creepy <clears throat> the way uh, Dottie just kind of walked around the room and she was kind of in a, this, her eyes were kind of glazed over and she was almost robotic in her, in her kind of move, head movements and uh, looking for things. And then when she sat down at the vanity and started trying to talk like Peggy and then taking the lipstick, the Sweet Dreams lipstick, which we all know what that does. So, and she just smelled it and she knew not to put it on. Uh, I thought it was very creepy. And, uh, the, and then the whole handcuffing herself to her bed. Well, they all do, all the girls in Right, but she's still doing it. Well, sleep, rag- a, sleep agent? Sleeping kind of with handcuffs. To Winter Soldier a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's how I took it as. Yeah, it was very much that way, and, and again, that may be where the blood goes if they get their hands on it at the end of this. Gun. That's that's a scary thought, but I thought it was really kind of cool to see the Black Widow program. Um, it was heartbreaking to see those little kids doing what they were doing, and but I mean, they totally brainwashed them, and the fact they're still doing it. I mean, this is this has not gone away in nineteen, you know, in nineteen forty six. This they're still doing it, um, which we know for a fact that they keep doing it because Natasha Romanoff, come, you know, is a, a graduate of the Black Widow program, an alumnus, so to speak, of that program. You know, really seeing these scenes really made me want to see like almost a Black Widow prequel movie, explaining like. Going through that program, kind of breaking yeah. out and then deprogramming herself to eventually George Shield. I right. think that was really cool. Because I think we did a great performance out of Scarlett Johansson. Right, but I think we'd need to have a younger, also a younger actress as a part of it too, and her come in, yeah. kind of, you know, at the end, you know, 
after you know show her as a you know we need a child to play young Natasha or a young teenager and then grow into Scarlett Johansson and then you can include Hawkeye in that because he was the one who kind of saved her from herself in a lot of respects. Or was it a journal the comic books? It was. Well, there's been so many timelines, you know, it's... I, th- I think in one series of the comics it was, you know, Hawkeye, but um, they they made it Hawkeye in the movie because, it, you know, they wouldn't have to introduce a new character. You know, oh, well, this guy, Matt Murdock, was the one who saved me. It's like, um... No. <laughs> yeah, in this universe, it's a bit different, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, that that would be fun. I just for like an episode or two. I think that would be fair, actually. That he just that 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 any of these film actors, you know, because look, it's the TV shows are just as important. I feel, and it's like. Yeah, I know there's some difficulties with scheduling and all those things, and they're you know they're big movie actors. But it's like, how many times have we now heard from some of these actors they actually want to do this? They actually want to. Some of them want to be on Shield. Some of them want to do other. Like, look, I want a scene with with Tony Stark and Kingpin, for example. But um, you know what? That's a di- that's a different conversation for a different day. Let's uh, move on to our last discussion point. Um, Souza knows. Their secret, uh, Peggy's secret. Well, he he thinks he does. No, I think he knows knows completely. I think that Souza is too smart to not know. I know. Part. I'm just hoping that Peggy can explain it away by saying, "Well, we don't know that the the marks on the photograph are actually bullet wounds like mine. They could be, you know, beauty marks or freckles. They could be beauty marks or freckles, and just it's just a coincidence." That they happen to be in the same place where I have bullet wounds. And by the way, Thompson, look, bullet wounds. Do you have any of those? No, bullet wounds. Um, I think Daniel's getting closer and closer, and I don't know if, you know, how he's going to respond. I don't know if he'll be able to give Peggy the benefit of the doubt and not think that she's in collusion, which she kind of is with Howard. Um, but she's not doing it out of. A disloyalty to the SSR. She's doing it out of, you know, that she's still loyal to the SSR and she's doing things for the right reasons. Um, so I just, I think Sousa is a, very conflicted. I think he did a good job that episode of uh, finding Carter. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, I, I, I think Sousa may end up covering for her. Yeah, I kind of hope that's where it goes. Again, they could put a twist on it and make it be that Thompson is the one that ends up covering for her. Because Susan was the whistle, but I think that might feel a lot of character for Susan to do that. It wouldn't be out of character because, you know, it's kind of like, you know, because they're kind of, you know, we don't know them well enough right now. But I think that if, I I think it, it could work if that happened. Because, like I said, you know, it's a difference with having eight episodes. So as opposed to 22 episodes, like that's one of the downsides of having a miniseries. I feel like it's because this is, maybe this this is comes from this is coming from me, someone who's not seen a lot of mini shows. But like, I could see Souza actually be the one that turns on Peggy, and uh, Thompson now being the one that defends her now that he actually has his respect for her and be like, well, she probably had a reason to do all these things. But I, I think we will see 
I think we will see what happens um, next week. But it's, I, yeah, I'm glad Souza was the one to figure it out, though. Yeah. And that it wasn't well, Dooley. He is the smarter one <laughs> of the group. Right. Aside from Peggy, aside from Peggy, Souza, I think you're right. I think it could go that he turns on Peggy and he turns her in. I think it's incredibly possible because we don't know a whole lot about his character, like his not the character he's playing, but the character's inner workings and his, will his loyalty to the SSR over you know overstep his you know common sense and listen to Peggy before you do anything, get an explanation. Some some agents would just turn her in, just say, look here, A plus B equals C. You know, we don't have to listen to her. She's doing all this stuff. And so it very well, it's like, that's what's intriguing me is it could go either way. It's like, am I going to still love this character or am I going to hate him? Yeah, I agree with that. And another character that I think is turning around a little bit is Dooley. Yeah. There as well. It seems like he doesn't really want to be chauvinistic. It's just something he has to do to keep the the... The, the SSR functioning to make sure he's doing his job and getting results. Because if he has his, you know, men against him, or not, you know, really, or angry because he's putting a woman in a higher position, you know, it's going to be hard to keep things going. Because he doesn't yeah. want to have this conflict, I guess, the best way to describe it. So I got to give this guy credit. I mean, he's running a tight ship, but at the time, he had to do some of these things to keep things going. Right. It's different now, but that seemed like what he had to do. And again, he's in the business of saving lives, so you may have to make some tough decisions sometimes. So I'm understanding right. from a little bit more so that I did right at the beginning. No, I think you're. I think you're right. He is. I think he's reluctantly seeing that Peggy is uh, more capable than he wants to admit. And a lot of that, you know, a lot of male chauvinism comes from a feeling of your power being threatened um, and that women will prove to be, you know, to be able to do more than men and men will become obsolete. That seems to be like kind of the, the consensus for most male chauvinist pigs. It's like, uh, well, if we give them more power, they'll take over. They won't need us anymore, um, which was a great episode of Sliders, by the way. Um, yeah, that was. happened. <laughs> Uh, but I think that he is reluctantly doing it, but he really just wants peace in the office. He doesn't want people arguing. He just wants to do his job. He doesn't want to deal with internal politics or, or his agents having temper tantrums because there's a woman who can do something they can't like break a code and speak Russian and call in the howling commandos. Yeah. But, uh, but overall, Pretty solid episode. I, yeah, I don't really have much to add, honestly. I, I really want to see now how these three, wait, how many episodes are left? Um, three. There's only no three. There are three episodes left. Yeah. Um, so I'm um, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I, yeah, I haven't had time to see the trailer yet for next week's episode. So um, yeah, I'm just gonna do that while we do our plugs and stuff like that. Uh, we don't have any feedback this week, you guys. Um, we keeping this episode a little bit short but hopefully next week so but yeah you guys remember if you want to have your feedback read on um on the on the podcast about uh, 
you know, each episode of Agent Carter or Age of Shield, tweet us at Shield Radio and we will read it on the show. So, but um, yeah, you know where you can find us at HelicarPockets.com, Agent Colson's Army.tumblr.com, AcrossTheAirways.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter and at Helicar Podcast and Across the Airways. Um, Twitter I at Shield Radio at iHeart Colson and at Across Airwaves. We're also proud members. Of uh, the Mixed Radio Network, that where we go live every Monday at 10 p.m. And uh, you can also find us on Stitcher Radio. And uh, yeah, iTunes, subscribe and rate, us, rate and review, review us. You know, it's always good to know what you guys feel about our show. And um, yeah, also good, good a shout out to our good friends over at Sabtoid.com and um, for their great TV coverage uh, with reviews, news, and all that. Hopefully, we will have Terry on later this season, along with Kayla from Nerd Shout, which you, you should also check out at Twitter Nerd Shout, as well as YouTube and Facebook. And um, any questions you have, email us at hellcurrypodcasts at gmail.com. Only three episodes remaining, you guys. And and you know, tell your friends to make sure to tune in and watch this show because it's you know it deserves more ratings. It's a fantastic. Agent Carter is a really good show, and I it should be getting higher numbers. So let people know. Let people know. People are to but, watch. But the problem with that, you guys, is they need the ratings to keep the episodes on the air or to get them to be put on Netflix. So yeah. watch it if you want to watch it later on. Yeah, but uh, but we're gonna jump into the spoiler section now. Very brief spoiler section. But um, uh, if you're not sticking around for the spoilers, I'm Andrew Bact. I'm Nikki Amy. Good night, Dan Schmidt. And we will see you next week on the Hello Carriers Agent Carter podcast. and will be brought to justice. Agent Peggy Carter. She's here. Somewhere. Is one wanted woman. You're under arrest for treason, espionage. There's more to this than you can understand. New Marvel's Agent Carter. Next Tuesday at 9, 8 central on AB. Welcome back to the podcast. And what you just heard was the audio for next week's episode of Agent Carter. And Nikki is going to read your official description and the title of... Uh, episode next week's episode a sin to air peggy discovers the shocking truth about leviathan but doesn't realize that her true enemies are even closer than we ima- than she imagined meanwhile Souza is close to confirming the truth about peggy and may just put her in the crosshairs of the ssr guest starring are lindsay fonseca as angie marinelli megan Fay as miriam fry and bridget reagan as dotty underwood a sin to air was written by Lindsay Allen and directed by Stephen Williams. Yeah, and in the trailer we see that they find out. <laughs> they know that she's um, the the blowman, the woman, the blowman, <laughs> the woman in the blonde. Man, I really want to ship words now. Apparently, <laughs> but um, the blonde woman. <laughs> 
the blonde, the blonde, the blonde woman. But um, thoughts about this trader? I'm I'm nervous about what's gonna happen. I feel like one relationship um on the show is gonna be changed forever. Yeah. Possibly. Well, they've kind of they've kind of backed away a little from the Souza Peggy thing, like that we saw so strongly in the first episode or two. The first two episodes, they seemed like they were really getting to know each other. But then she's doing all this for Howard, so she hasn't been able to like really, you know, spend a whole lot of time getting to know Daniel. Um, but I'm, you know, it is nerve wracking. You know, I watched it with, you know, biting my fingernails, going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" No, Dan. Well, you know, this is the thing with this episode. It seems like Peggy gets framed, or the SSR starts going after Peggy as well. Yeah. And that kind of throws all the convincements she's made with the chauvinistic man to kind of yeah. take it out the window. So I don't know how they're going to turn it back around. I just hope it doesn't screw up all that development and work she did for some episodes, you know, just to make things work some next week. But I think yeah. it'll work. Yeah, I'm... I'm- I'm speculating that um, Dottie will uh, will reveal herself to to Peggy as her antagonist and whatnot, but oh, you mean Angie? No, no. she will be knocking on doors. <laughs> no, she's having a sense. She has. She's feeling ennui. Uh, no, I mean when uh, uh, Dottie went into Peggy's apartment, it was sat down at her that table. The dressing table. It was just so stalkery. Hello, I'm Peggy Carter. Um, so, but, but come on, doesn't all of us want to be Peggy well, Carter? Of course, anyway? but I'm not going to put on her. I'm not going to skin her and make a, a Peggy suit. I mean, that's where Dottie seems to want to go. It puts the lotion on its skin, or it gets the hose again. Well, um, she, the the afraid Peggy next. <laughs> I like think that. that it's we we know because we. Know know Peggy's history what's going to happen we know it what the end is we don't know how she gets to be a founder of shield but we know that she does but it's the right it's the journey to that that's going to be interesting because we know how it ends you know we know how her how her what her history is but we didn't know all these little details and I think that's what's so interesting to me is yeah Peggy becomes one of the leaders of shield one of the founders but how did she get to that point what did she have to overcome and i think this is one of those really big things she has to overcome and she's got you know two allies in you know howard and jarvis so who aren't sexist pigs yeah but um i think that's gonna wrap up our spoilers discussion i actually have to some uh, some tv news just broke um uh, nbc just renewed a lot of shows uh so i i may have to go and uh, read and uh, read up on, on some of that and maybe write something but uh, guys thank you so much for sticking around sorry for the delay of this episode this week but next week we'll be back on our regular release day and um hopefully be just as awesome so tune in next week and until then have a good one